Hello, and welcome to the next episode of the Novum Insightful. It gives me great pleasure to be here today with um, Jason Tuckerfelton of Venray, a, um, a unique crypto compliance firm in this space. Jason is um, a long established veteran of the London crypto and blockchain scene, uh, has been helping many projects in, in, in even some of the most frontier areas of decentralized finance. Jason's got a unique perspective on many, many different areas of where DeFi is going, where crypto is going, where NFTs are going, where compliance is going. And I think this is going to be a great chat. So welcome to the Novum Insightful. Um, Jason, how are you doing today? Doing great. Uh, today is one of those uh, few occasions where I'm in London and you're somewhere very different. Uh, you, you've got the, uh, the the lucky um, end of the straw, I think, uh, being in, in Mexico. But uh, but yes, doing great, Toby. It's good to see you. Um, you're you're clearly sort of um, doing a lot of interesting things. I guess the latest news from Venray is is a chain link integration. Seems to have got a lot of buzz on social media and in the chain link community. What what's the plans with that? Yes, yeah, so that's that's been a recent announcement in the past uh, couple of days. Um, we have announced um, that we are going to be supplying our compliance data on um, sanctioned crypto asset addresses um, on leading blockchains via Chainlink middleware. Um, why is this important? Well, for the time being, um, DeFi is um, quite quite difficult uh, to pin down as to how best to actually have a compliant uh, system in view of um, there being a number of crypto asset addresses which are uh, deemed uh, to be on the sanctions uh, lists, um, including on, on the OFAC sanctioned lists. Um, Right, right now, um, on an open and permissionless um, um, network, um, it's quite difficult to understand how um, such um, addresses can be prohibited uh, from transacting. Um, where we're coming in is uh, with a view to making it as easy uh, and simple as possible uh, for DeFi platforms to comply with um, OFAC sanctions requirements um, um, and not have to themselves uh, research every single crypto asset address that is going through their platforms. Um, so it's it's something that runs in the background uh, via queries on, on the Chainlink uh, middleware um, and um, allows DeFi providers to get a bit more comfort on the activity that's being performed on their platforms. Amazing. Very interesting. I've had many technologists say to me, I've never had to know so much about the law since when I've gone into crypto. From your perspective, Jason, looking at anti-money laundering requirements, how bad do you think this problem is? I mean, it's a it's a very um, it's a that's a loaded question, Toby. Um, right now, we're in an emerging 
space. Um, and uh, there are so many projects uh, looking to really push the envelope uh, as to what can be done and, and really uh, developing some very, very innovative uh, solutions, um, uh, some of which have never existed before um, in a peer-to-peer -peer environment. Um, now, lawmakers and uh, regulators, um, they tend to target intermediaries. So what does that mean? Um, well, in the traditional financial sense, um, we'd be talking about uh, banks, we'd be talking about brokers, uh, we'd be talking about um, those individuals giving financial uh, advice. People you can really pin down um, as a, um, a center point uh, to a uh, transaction. Now, in a DeFi environment, uh, we have peer-to-peer -peer transactions, um, which uh, don't necessarily have an intermediary um, that can be pinned responsible um, for uh, what transactions are going on in that peer-to-peer -peer environment. So right now the debate is ongoing as to whether or not developers are um, culpable uh, for the activity uh, which is being conducted on those platforms that they have developed and deployed. Um, and the growing um, um, uh, consensus uh, amongst uh, regulators and, uh, and lawmakers is that there is um, an element of culpability um, to those parties that deploy um, uh, platforms, even if they are decentralized platforms. So where does that leave DeFi in the arena of, um, of whether or not um, it is uh, likely to be regulated or is it uh, likely to see casualties um, from those who've deployed uh, these technologies? I think uh, it's, it's growingly evident um, that uh, there will be um, punitive measures by regulators to um, those operators of DeFi technologies. Um, and so what is the smartest thing uh, to do is to anticipate that regulatory um, change um, mm. and act now and uh, get um, your, your ducks in a row um, and um, make sure that your risk is minimized by having the right measures in place. It's an emerging space and, um, you know, one can't say um, for sure um, what um, the next steps of um, the lawmakers will be in the respective jurisdictions. But the um, clear trend is towards increased um, regulation, even covering uh, DeFi um, platforms. Obviously, not not quite what 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 our listeners really want to hear, because uh, more regulation tends to be more rules, uh, more rules, slowness, um, uh, lots of painless stuff. Whereas when 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 I suspect many of our listeners are more clicking on the next NFT and the next token and flipping it somewhere else and. Uh, um, uh, um, the more red tape you have to have to go. I, I have to admit, I I, I typically um, I hate touching anything CFI now I've gone into DeFi because it's just uh, um, uh, sort of uh, 
the, the ease of messing about with wallets in MetaMask and whatever with no questions asked and just sort of press this button here, go over there and uh, um, compare that to setting up a CFI account on interactive brokers or JP Morgan or any of these legacy things. And you're, you can be months before you've even sort of got up and running and, uh, um, and, and, and arguably also true on the centralized exchanges because they're really, really working on that. Um, and I mean, I think, I think there's a number of interesting questions there as well, right? Because the, the, the reality is a, a crypto wallet um, doesn't have a name, right? So, so, so it's, it's probably identifiable who, which centralized wallet that is interacting with and sort of in all probability, the centralized wallet, the wallet is interacting with is linked in some way to the, to the DeFi wallet. Um, but what do we do? How do we, like Pandora's box in some ways has been opened in this space, right? And where, how does it get shut back up again? So it's, it's increasingly clear um, that we're living a very, very diverse crypto asset landscape. Um, if we were to start with uh, Bitcoin, of course, um, uh, the, the crypto asset addresses are pseudo Anonymous. You see a string of um, numbers and car- and uh, and letters, um, and uh, you don't directly see the name of the beneficial owner of that crypto asset address. But each transaction on the Bitcoin blockchain is visible um, to um, any uh, person that um, so wishes to look at the Bitcoin blockchain. So there's always going to be a trail. Um, and where there is a trail, um, you have information to start piecing together uh, what are the behaviors which are being conducted. But ultimately, if um, fiat has been converted, there has been uh, some most likely uh, KYC information fed into a centralized provider to actually convert those crypto assets uh, from fiat into crypto. Yes, there are ways of obfuscating um, the source of of funds and and there are AML mixers and all kinds of different technologies out there uh, for uh, attempting uh, to hide um, the uh, true identity of um, the owner of a uh, crypto asset address. Um, but individuals or entities will always be running the risk of being caught if they use crypto assets. Um, and uh, it's it's always going to catch the eye of a uh, competent authority um, uh, that, that that bad behaviors are being conducted on a, on using crypto assets and uh, blockchain technologies, uh, especially if the um, proceeds amount to a, a serious amount of value. Um, so it's it's an evolving space, and the regulators are fast catching up as to what needs to be done um, to enforce your traditional rules um, on uh, blockchain technologies. Very, very interesting, Jason. Um, so I think I think there's there's just so much to debate around around this field, um, and and I think um, 
I think it, it can be frustrating for the technologists and entrepreneurs sort of, I guess, dealing with this, that, that it feels very one-sided. Um, sort of obviously, like, people want to, and I, I guess that's the role that Venray plays is sort of really, like, what more can you do than, than employ a reputable compliance firm to really button it up if you're if you're raising a significant amount of money and from from your perspective for a group raising say three four million maybe with the expectation of more obviously i think i think in this space it's it's vital to have a system in terms of the compliance um framework but there is a bit of an arms race to go look how do you as the little guy, if HSBC can't keep up with bad guys, how does the, the little guy keep up? Again, good question, Toby. Um, it's, um, it is a case of not being greedy. Uh, I mean, ultimately, um, right now we're in a bull market. A lot of projects are um, getting a lot of um, uh, funds in uh, via seed rounds or, um, you know, um, uh, crowd investing or whatever. Um, so it's it's we're seeing a lot of well-funding projects. Um, but that's not to say all these well-funded projects are uh, treating uh, compliance um, as, as their number one priority. Uh, and part of that is cost. Uh, yes, absolutely. There's a, there's a cost involved uh, in trying to um, in, adhere to uh, regulatory requirements. Um, but it all boils down to risk tolerance. Um, some people uh, have a higher risk tolerance than others, and, and some people um, really are uh, playing the well. If if it ain't broke, uh, don't don't uh, don't change it. Um, but it's not just about um, transactions and uh, DeFi um, um, uh, verticals um, that uh, need to be considered when um, you're operating in in an environment that obviously um, has a lot of uh, eyes on it. Um, at some point, uh, there are going to be casualties. If you are knowledgeable of the likely consequences, um, you're going to be in a better place to actually avoid uh, those, those risks. It is um, uh, the job of uh, compliance firms and, and, and legal firms uh, to make this as painless as possible to um, technology firms that are less experienced on the compliance side, especially in a multi-jurisdiction environment. If you're a DeFi operator, you could be operating across pretty much every jurisdiction on the planet. Now, how are you going to comply with every single jurisdiction's regulatory requirements for crypto assets unless you have the professionals in uh, to go in, take a clean look at what you're doing and, and give you uh, the steer um, that is required uh, to start um, tightening up your controls and avoiding regulatory risk? Um, now, um, I've seen so much over the years, Toby, that uh, nothing, nothing surprises me ever at, at this point. Um, but in all fairness, um, I do think uh, more and more projects are uh, trying to do the right thing and more and more projects are considering compliance, which, which keeps me busy um, and, um, and is good for the overall maturity um, of the, of the um, crypto asset space.
I think this is um, this is the great thing um, about crypto is is I think it will um, the sort of vision that you sketched out just had me thinking actually right like crypto will probably be at the forefront of compliance like everything else soon so you can you can sort of envisage that there's a problem there's a whole bunch of technologists going look let's figure out all the problems with money right that's kind of what i see crypto as right it's going look money is a bit boring 20th century fiat currency a banknote I hate having to hold them. Uh, very frustrating being here in Mexico where you need to use them quite regularly. Um, much rather have my crypto wallet pinging stuff about, doing automated market making, doing cool stuff with it, doing stuff. And actually, like, like within rounds, I'd love a sort of zero knowledge proof that allows me just to share my age to do something just to share certain characteristics. No one really deserves to know everything all about me. They, they need to just know like when I'm porting through something that I fit certain criteria, like for instance, I haven't laundered money. And so do you think, and I think Venray could be one of the key players in this um, five years from now over as you evolve, like the whole comply tech space could easily, the revolution could come with inside crypto because all the technologists I know sit there going, bloody hell, having to go through all these forms and justify who this person is and sign up to this pretty rudimentary and weak KYC provider or whatever it is. And, and the, the um, I, think, I think there will be a process to streamline that, to go, look, I'm on Uniswap, the wallets I'm touching are all green or whatever the dex is of the day. And it's all, it's all great. And this is what the blockchain says. How, how, how soon can we get to that reality, Jason? Well, I, I, I love the idea. I love the concept of it, Toby. I mean, you know, what, what's, um, you know, an instant example that comes to mind is uh, when you need to prove your age. Uh, say you want to go to a bar or you want to uh, buy some, some alcohol from a, from a supermarket. Um, when you're proving your age, um, you don't necessarily need to share your address uh, details or, you know, um, um, or, even, or even prove you've got a driver's license. It gives you gives a party extra information that they don't necessarily need. So having a means to prove specific uh, specific data points about you um, actually enhances your privacy, uh, but still serves um, the objective of of, of um, say uh, verifying um, you are over twenty one or, or whatever it is. It's a nice idea, um, but when we come to uh, government accepted IDs, um, you're going to have to um, uh, fall back to the government uh, to innovate and be receptive uh, to the prospect of upgrading um, its technology stack uh, to allow this to be a possibility. Um, so it's it's something where I can see it 
happening in the five to 10 year time frame, um, which in the crypto space is relatively slow. Um, and, and, and I think we, we will see uh, some first movers, um, but um, I, I, I don't think uh, we're going to see the major uh, jurisdictions jump onto the blockchain bandwagon just yet, um, even though there's a there's a strong uh, rationale as to why such uh, technologies uh, should be uh, adopted uh, by governmental um, uh, bodies. Um, so yes, interesting tech, and, and perhaps there will be informal um, uh, solutions which have not been fully recognized by government agencies, but uh, some parties may accept um, the um, um, ID, digital ID, um, but um, but yes, I think we're we're a fair few years away from government adoption of the of such technologies. Amazing. And then um, Jason, obviously, you and I bandy back and forth most topics in DeFi, NFTs, fintech. I guess the whole world has gone JPEG mad at the moment, or it feels like that from my inbox. Um, and uh, NFTs are really like, I think uh, OpenSea is now doing $4 billion in volume a day with people trading back apes and women and um, punks and whatever it may be. Um, what's your take on the NFT explosion and where is that going? I love it. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a visual visual person, um, and so to see uh, visually um, assets being bought and, and sold, and um, being able to interact with these assets, um, most likely in in metaverses um, across worlds, um, is incredibly exciting uh, to me. Um, I mean, uh, for me, uh, virtual reality um, is an incredible experience, and um, when you embark in a uh, VR game, um, in many cases, um, you are um, uh, offered uh, the possibility of purchasing digital assets, not digital assets in the crypto asset um, um, definition, um, but uh, things like, um, you know, armor or, you know, different, uh, different kits that you can uh, show off to your gaming pals. Um, but this is the, these purchases are limited to that specific game. Um, and that in itself is quite backward. Um, I, I think we're so close, uh, to seeing a lot of digital assets, which allow, uh, the, the individual, um, to take these digital assets from one universe into a different universe, and um, you, you, you keep it as long as you want, and until you want to actually sell it, and this creates new markets and a new uh, demand uh, for what previously was a pretty binary click and, and purchase with some fiat currency, um, some some simple uh, graphics um, in, in a game. Now um, on OpenSea, I mean the behaviors are incredibly interesting um of course there's a certain amount of a, a herd mentality when um you see that a project is doing well a lot more people get get very buzzed and um and, and very infused about the project and start wanting to uh get a uh, nft um and you see a snowball effect very very quickly um and, and then the 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 actual um uh, amount of supply quickly dries up uh, and then you see astronomical uh price increases in some of these nfts i mean my um, um, one of my recent uh, crypto asset purchases has been uh, with Damien Hurst 
the currency. Um, I was uh, lucky enough to to get a um, a, a an NFT um, out of the the ballot that um, that Hearst offered, um, and uh, paid at the time two thousand uh, dollars for the privilege of uh, getting one of those NFTs. Um, the floor price right now is um, sitting at roughly fifteen point five ETH. I mean, it's, it's approaching fifty thousand dollars. I mean, the the the, the actual um, hype. Around all of this is is obviously spiraling, um, but for me, um, the the key the key thing is that it shows that there are strong use cases to this technology. It's so clear uh, to see that, and we are starting to see a shift in perception away from value just being in real world assets such as physical gold or you know uh, commodities and, and other things um we're, we're starting to see um that digital assets have a huge amount of value um and you know th- this can be um digital art and it can be digital anything um if you're able to cryptographically ensure um that the individual owns a specific crypto asset, um, then that in itself, um, it conveys value. And and that to me is uh, proven incredibly interesting in this um, NFT space. Jason, thanks for your service to all of crypto to try and keep people safe and make sure that they're um, acting as far as humanly possible within the law. Um, And uh, Exciting time to rate, no doubt. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on, Toby.